Hi, and welcome to episode 17 of the Four Seasons Podcast. My name is Mike Oliver. And I'm Rachel Oliver. I would like to start off at the top by saying I made a little boo-boo last week. Mm -hmm. And I repeated that it was episode 15. Last week was actually episode 16, so we are now on episode 17. Yes, correct. I would also, (laughs) at the start of this show, like to correct something I said where I commented... Was it also last week? No, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. That Rachel correctly said that they froze the pucks in hockey, and I proclaimed very adamantly that they did not. <laughs> I was very wrong. I, I That's why I was like, I'm pretty sure they do, so that way they slide easier on ice. Yep. My uncle let me know that they do that. Yep. My friend back home called me a coward for not addressing it. <laughs> I really did mean to address it. I just forgot. You, you did. You really did. But that was my bad. You're good. So It happens to the best of us. Yep. And also me. <laughs> the best of us. Um, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> oh, we really, we need this episode this week. Yeah. There have been a lot of doo-doo things going on. A lot of things going on. We lost... Man. So, obviously, we lost Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. before Chris, before yeah. Christmas. Then we lost John Madden. Mm-hmm. We've lost Betty White. Yep. Betty White was somebody who I didn't think we would ever lose. No. I don't when, think anyone thought that we would lose her. I mean, every time... Every time a celebrity passed away, it's like, well... At least Betty White's still in, hanging in there. Yeah. And no more. No. Yeah. Almost made it to 100. But she, I mean, she lived a, a good life. Nice full life. That is true. And I've seen the quote saying, you're, I, don't quote me on it, but it's something. Don't, don't about, quote this quote. Don't quote this quote that I say. But it's essentially, you know you lived a good life and had a good legacy when people said you died too soon at the age of 99 oh yep yep i did see that that's that's a very good point which is true though like one of the uh one of the least controversial controversial people i think ever yeah i don't think there's i haven't heard one bad thing about betty white no ever no so that's a that's a sad one Did I mention John Madden? You didn't mention John Madden. John Madden we'll get more into later in the show. Yep. It will play into our Fab Five. We decided with the loss of John Madden we would talk about our all-time... Commentators. Commentators. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. (laughs) That's all right. So... Um, Dan... Dan Reeves. Thank you. And it's such a... I'm going to use a really big word here. Okay. The juxtaposition... Of where the Broncos were at, even under Dan Reeves, and where they are today, yeah, is night and day. Yeah, Vic Fangio and that, or those that coaching staff is running the Broncos into the ground. It's so sad to see. Yeah, you know Denver. Denver went to three Super Bowls with Dan Reeves as the head coach. They didn't win any of them, but but they still went. I mean, Dan Reeves had a career coaching record of two hundred one and one hundred seventy four. He was voted AP NFL Coach of the Year twice. Uh, he is a Broncos Ring of Famer. Mm-hmm. 
him and John Elway were... They were tight. Like, some of John Elway's best years as a pro came with Dan Reeves. Yeah. And he's just such a, you know, such a good old boy from from Georgia. Um, Had that, had a soft southern accent. He seems so calm. It's kind of funny that he was an NFL coach. And player. Did you know he won a won a Super Bowl as a player? No, I did not. With who? Uh the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. Super Bowl six. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you guys shared the same birthday. Dan Reeves? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. Yep. So on my birthday I'll I'll have a cold one. There you go. For Coach Reeves. There you go. You know, in uh one of the years in ninety eight he won Coach of the Year and he took the Falcons to a Super Bowl that nobody thought they we're going to make, and of course he met up with met up against mm-hmm. the Broncos. Oh, okay. So a little disappointing. But... I, in hindsight, it's a little disappointing because as a Broncos fan, you always want to win, but you feel a little bad because Dan Reeves seems like he was such a good guy. You wanted him to have a good, at least one, right? Yeah. But. But with that, uh. And then, not on top of that, you know, we had those wildfires rage and. Mm-hmm. In Colorado. Colorado. Yep. So, yeah, we're thinking about good. everybody back home. Yep. And, gosh. It's just been a rough week. Yeah. I mean. The, yeah. the the bright side is it feels like it can only go up from here. Exactly. And, hey, why not get all of the... All of the... Bad things out of the way first. Yeah, get them done with. <laughs> you know, we had a couple things happen at the end of 2021... A little bit spill over into the beginning of 2022, but hey, we're at the bottom. Let's work our way up. Yep. With that being said, what better way to get up, up, up than with the Four Seasons Podcast? Sounds great to me. So let's get into it. We are going into our trivia segment right now. All right. So what year... Was Jackie Robinson's final MLB season with the Brooklyn Dodgers? Now, so, just out of curiosity, was with he was he with another team after the Dodgers, or is it just his last year in Major League Baseball? Period. I can't describe that to you. Well, <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's part of the question. It is. Face your note card away from me. I am facing my card away from you. Is it on that side? No. I'm going to look over your shoulder. No. <laughs> so again, what was the final year that Jackie Robinson played his final MLB season with the Brooklyn Dodgers? Well, let's, uh, I'll let you think on that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and definitely not peek over your shoulder. No. And we'll get started. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's go into our sports nuggies. Do you have any sports nuggies? I only really have one little one. Okay. I just happened to notice that um, this previous week, the um, St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild played each other in the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blues ended up beating the Wild 6-4. to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, But... The thing I wanted to talk about was this game actually set the record for uh, coldest NHL outdoor game. It was minus six at 
puck drop. Okay. Uh, the previous record was from 2003. It was the Heritage Classic, which was really the kickoff of out the outdoor series okay. in hockey. That was between Edmonton and Montreal. Okay. In in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and it was zero degrees Ooh. Fahrenheit at, at puck drop. That's nasty. It's nasty, but negative six is even worse. Yeah. One of the one of the kind of funny things is I didn't know if you happened to catch the video, but the Blues players getting off their team bus all wore like Hawaiian shirts and no, flip flops and shorts. I, I didn't so they see got that. off their bus dressed in summer wear. Well, you have to make the 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 the, the, the best of it. Oh, you you have to you do, bud. You do, bud. And you know hockey players are tough, bud. They are tough. And they wanted to show how tough they were <laughs> by wearing their oper, open shins, open. open shins, open shirts, <laughs> their bare chesties, their chest hairs blowing in the wind. Yeah. Oh, so, no, I'm not saying about that. I'm just saying about the cold. Like, ugh. Yeah. So cold. And then they have their open shirts. Ugh. Did you see any of the pictures, too? They, Some of the guys had perspiration, you know, falling down their beards and their beards were uh, actually frozen. No. It was so okay. cold they had to warm up the ice. Really? They, I guess, and as I've shown before, I'm no expert on the the freezing or unfreezing of <laughs> of rinks and or equipment used. Uh-huh. But apparently the ice gets too hard. It gets, you can't even cut into it with skates uh-huh. and it, it makes it hard to stop and change directions. So they had to heat up the ice a little bit uh-huh. to start contrast when the Avs played the Golden Knights and it got too warm. Yeah. At Lake Tahoe, so they had to come back and play later that night. That's just crazy. Yeah. So we got a few sports nuggies from a listener uh, in regards to the frozen puck. The reason why they are frozen is to reduce the bouncing, and they slide better when they are frozen. But also, um, baseballs are kept in a humidifier, and the reason for that is because... From drying out, and it carries them further. So there's that. But for my nuggies, I did on this day. I think I'm just going to do on the day, on this day's for my sports nuggies. So in 1930, I don't know if you want to know this one, is when the Red Sox club owner Harry Frazee announces the agreement to sell Babe Ruth for $125,000 in cash and $350,000 in a loan. 1930? 1930. Oh, really? Yeah. And then... I guess for some reason I thought that because their last World Series was in 1918, I thought he got sold in 1919. Oh, it said 1930. Could have been 1930. Maybe I just, as a fan, assume, because I know exactly when. 1918 is just that that year that's drilled into your head because that's Mm. the last time they won the World Series. Yeah. But it's not to say that 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 was when it happened when, the... when he tra- when he was traded yeah in 1971 the first AFC championship took place at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore the then Baltimore Colts beat Oakland Raiders 27 to 17 and i thought this was a good fit in coincidence as well in honor of John Madden cuz he was the coach of the Oakland Raiders then but also the first NFC championship at Kaiser Kaiser Stadium. Is it not Kaiser? K E Z A R. K E Z E R. K E Z A R. Kaiser. 
Kazaa. Kazaa Stadium in San Fran. It was the Dallas Cowboys beat the San Francisco Giants. Or 49ers. Ooh, sorry. San Francisco 49ers 17-10. to 10. Again, that was in 1971. In 1991, Wayne Gretzky becomes the fastest and youngest player in NHL history to score 700 goals. He was at 886 games at the age of 29. Uh, this was the LA Kings 6-3 win over the New York Islanders. So that was my uh, little sports nuggies. Do you know? Day. Do you know? So the Baltimore Colts. Mm-hmm. Do you know where they moved? Guessing Indianapolis. Right. So okay. yeah. And then so so then Baltimore had no team. Do you know who? Who came who, to Baltimore? Yeah. What team switched from where they were to become the Baltimore Ravens? I don't know. Cleveland Browns. Oh. So, really? Yeah. So the Cleveland oh. Browns, after the Colts moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore, became the Ravens. And then Cleveland didn't have a football team for a handful of years, and then they started again in 1999 as an expansion team. Oh. So the Cleveland Browns have never won a Super Bowl. They've won NFL championships, but they've okay. never won a Super Bowl. But the Baltimore Ravens have won two Super Bowls, so... It's almost like the Browns have won two Super Bowls. Sure. In retrospect, I guess. I'm sure Browns fans don't feel like that. (laughs) Probably not. Okay. So that's a little little trivia within a nuggy. Yeah. So. I tried. Little nugception. (laughs) Well, Well, let's get into the meat of it, as we say. Yeah. Alright, as I mentioned at the top of the show, in honor of the late, great John Madden, our Fab Five this week is Fab Five Sports Commentators. Mm-hmm. And lucky for us, we had a listener uh, come on as our our guest Fab Five submitter. Yep. And they sent us an email at... the four seasons pod at gmail.com. And... Whoever's listening, don't be afraid. Our listenership has gone down significantly. <laughs> so please tell your friends, family about us. Um, but if you're interested in participating in a Fab Five, if you have an idea that you want to shoot our way, we could do that idea and you could submit yours with us. But right now, uh, Uncle Rich is crushing it. Yep. Um, if any of you, if there was a award for it, Uncle Rich might be... The uh, show's number one fan right now. <laughs> Going for it. So I, I would love to hear those of you who listen to come for his crown. Yeah. Push him off the throne. <laughs> Uncle Rich is a big guy. Yeah. He's 6'4". Yeah. But you can still, he, you know, some Take. of those guys are top heavy. You can push him over. <laughs> Take him by the knees, yeah. as I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tackle him from, from Take, the knees. <laughs> Take his legs out from under him. Okay. Regardless. <laughs> Uh, do you want me to go ahead and read them? Okay. I'll let you go this time. All right. Well, I will jump in here right now. This is, um... He says in no particular order, and then he says, just kidding, they are in order. So, he has his sixth man, or men, Jerry Remy and Don Orsillo. Uh, not many will know the pair, but they did play, uh, they did play-by-play color 
for the Red Sox from 2000 through 2015. Um, what made them their sixth man for Uncle Rich's how funny they were together and the comedy they were able to intertwine into a baseball game. And then he did provide us with some links, which we'll probably share mm-hmm. on our uh, on our Facebook page, yep. on our Instagram. I'll load that up tomorrow. Well, we're re- again, we're recording now on, well, today is Monday. And then we'll release it Wednesday. So... Again, because... Because of our new editor who's making the show sound even better. Yep. Shout out Editor Steve. Yep. Just so, know that you are always appreciated. Yeah. So, sidetrack. I will get these links up Wednesday, maybe even Thursday. Yeah. That way you guys are in the loop for yeah. that. All right. So we got number five for Uncle Rich. Howard Cosell. Um, he is his number five because of how recognizable his voice is and how versatile he is. Uh, he's called... Pretty much everything on ABC from Olympics to horse racing. Um, the other thing that puts him in the in his Fab Five is how he was worked with Dandy Don Meredith and Frank Gifford. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were some of the original commentators of Monday Night Football in the seventies, and really kind of made it what it is today. Uh, number four, we got Jim Dance. Uh, <laughs> He says, I got to get this guy in because I know neither one of you will mention him. <laughs> and I think he's right. Yeah, I think he's right. Um, he is, he's Uncle Rich's favorite golf announcer. And he does football and NCAA basketball as well. I, re- really quick, I just want to know, how do you go from a golf announcer to a football announcer? <laughs> well, I think that tells you why he's on the Fat Five right there. <laughs> Just because golf is so quiet, and I feel like they talk like this the whole time. And then football's like this, and you need to get into it. <laughs> that's that's my impersonation of well, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the quote here is, I think Jim Nance is the reason I can watch golf. I must say it's boring, but this guy makes it interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Might have to listen to his some of those golf commentating of him and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Al Michaels. Another completely recognizable voice, and he has been around for years. I will never forget that he was the announcer during the World Series Earthquake game. Spoiler, Al Michaels is on my list too. Oh, okay. And I was going to mention that that's one of his most famous calls. Uh, Number two, Mike Doc Emmerich. Maybe letting my sports preference bias me a little on this one, but I really think Mike Emmerich is one of the best out there. I know he isn't as versatile as a few of my other picks, but this guy is really fun to listen to during a televised hockey game. That's a great pick. And then the other thing is Doc Emmerich is also the announcer on the video game NHL series. Oh, okay. So I recognize his voice quite a bit too. And <laughs> From the video games? Yeah, some of my favorite times is... When I'd get off of work and go over to uh, JJ's house and, you know, (laughs) the boys and me would would have dirty dangles, but... Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Doc Emmerich. There you go. On the call as the Avalanche just spanked whatever opponent they were playing. (laughs) Because that's who we played as. Of course. I don't know what our all-time record is, but it's got to be like an 800 winning percentage. Well, there you go. We just dominated. Uh, Number one is Keith Jackson. Um... He is number one because he's a guy I grew up with and after cartoons on Saturday mornings, it was Keith Jackson's booming voice that come, came on our TV set to call a college football game. 
I don't think I ever heard it in person, but his whoa, Nelly is one of those taglines that will live on as long as there is college football. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those are pretty good. That was a fantastic list. I would like to uh, also <laughs> share Uncle Rich's postscript. You could. If Simone Biles doesn't want to come on the podcast, she can crotch an octopus for all I care. <laughs> and that is our uh, new quote. Not not our, I mean, it could be our tagline, but that's a very good saying that we now say around this household. But yeah, Uncle, R- <laughs> Uncle Rich has our back. I won't tell Simone to go crotch an octopus. I know she's a very per- busy person I can see on her Instagram. She's got a lot yeah, going on. She does. But if she can find time in her day, she can, maybe even if she just wants to email us at... The Four Seasons Pod at, at gmail.com. She can come up with a Fab Five, and uh, she can submit her Fab Five. She sure can. I bet you if we got a little Simone Bob... Do you think if we lied and said Simone Miles sent this in, we would get more <laughs> more listeners? I don't know. We should try lying before we actually try working harder. <laughs> okay. All right. Without further ado... Let's move into our oh. Fab Fives. Okay. As we have decided we're going to do, we'll go back and forth. Yep. Uh, would you like to go first, or would you like sure. me to go first? Okay. No, I'll go first. So, it's... This one is kind of controversial. I, I did the Peyton and Eli Manning. Oh, the Manning cast. I did the Manning cast. little recency bias. I did. So they have a three-year deal through 2023 season. Amazon is actually looking to take over. But anyways, that's just a side note. If you haven't seen them, we like watching them on Monday nights. They have a different, you know, as not aspect, but it, it's fun to watch them. They're entertaining. They, they don't do, it's not a traditional broadcast. No. And they watch the game while they're also interacting with each other. But the reason why I did this was, or did have them on my top five, Fat Five, is because they have a total of 34 years in between them, or between them playing in the NFL. Not to mention that their dad also played as well. But I look for, when I'm watching the games, listening to the games, I'm looking for entertainment. And I definitely feel that they provide that because we can sit down listen to them watch them and we laugh at their manny cast so that's my number five it yeah it's it's really good because they obviously they played it yeah played in the nfl at the highest level yeah they know the game and i love how they break down the game and i love how they talk about it Mm -hmm. plus they i really think they're both I've, I've thought of this about Peyton for a while, but I'm kind of finding it with Eli, too. They seem like very genuine people. Yeah. And I think that comes across. I love I love how they have guests on. I love mm-hmm. their their interview skills with their guests. Yeah. I love how they can tie in the game with their guests so it all feels very natural. I kind of feel bad for the guys who do the, the actual broadcast for Monday night. Because yeah, because I feel like they're... I feel like they're getting pushed to the side. Like, there's no way that they compete with Peyton and Eli. No. I mean, mean, once we figured out that we could get that broadcast, that's the only one we we watch when we watch Monday Night Football. Yeah. So that's very good. I have a sixth man this week. Okay. And coming in six for me is, it's a team, actually. And it's Dan Stevens and Peter O'Keefe. Okay. Now. I'm trying to picture who they are, so... Bear with me. Who they are. 
Or who? Is the fictional commentating team from Sega's ESPN 2K series. Okay, that's why I was like, (laughs) I don't know, and I have that blank stare. Running from NFL 2K all the way to NFL 2K5, they were the fake commentating team who lent their voices to the 2K football series, and it was what I grew up on. It's the game I grew up on. Uh, the reason they come in at the six man is because they're not real. <laughs> okay, that's why I was. That's why I had that blank stare because I was like, I've never heard of them, but go on. <laughs> Anybody who's played those games know who they are. Okay. By the way, NFL Two K Five. One of your all time favorites. I think it it still is my all time favorite. I do love to play Madden. Yep. A big part of that is because it's the only NFL licensed game that I can actually play. I would love to see. Um, the 2K series make a comeback. Yeah. But right now... We've we've mentioned that, so... Right now, the NFL has an exclusive contract with EA Sports, so they can all... You know, they're the only ones who can produce NFL-licensed things. Yeah. But if that ever changes, I'm going to start buying 2K again. (laughs) Okay. All right. Now to the real people who exist. (laughs) Okay. Um, My number five is Joe Buck. Okay. There's a lot of... Controversy on him. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Joe Buck. I I really don't know. I think part of the reason people hate on commentators so much is because there's so much social media and there's so much there's so many external shows where as in the day of these older commentators, like that that was it. They commented on the game and that was it. Now you have so many people who have a voice. Mm-hmm. Like us. Yeah. So it's it's hard for people to... There's hard for a unanimous choice for people to like. But I actually like Joe Buck. I really like his voice. I like his style. He has been... He's also behind some of my favorite sports moments of all times. He was... He, he was on the announcing team for the 2004 ALCS. Okay. So he called... The Red Sox scene. The Red Sox comeback. He also called um, when they won the World Series against the Cardinals that year. So one of my most favorite calls of all time. Red Sox fans have loved to hear it. The yeah. Boston Red Sox or World Series. That was Joe Buck. So, okay. so I always have fond memories of relating to him because of that. Um, Joe Buck was hired by Fox at age 25. Oh. Uh, he was the youngest man to ever announce a slate of NFL games. Wow. In 96, he was the youngest ever to call an entire World Series. Um, he called Mark McGuire's 62nd home run. He's called 23 World Series and 23, 21 All-Star Games for Fox. Um, he does the U.S. Open coverage for Fox. He's at eight Emmy Awards. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so he's got a pretty impressive stat sheet. Yeah. And like I said, he's behind some of my... Best moments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, my number five, Joe Buck. Okay. My uh, number four, and I've told you this just the other day, and again, it's new, Greg Olson. So, again, he's newer, but I think I look and I like the people who've played the game because they know the experience. Yep. So he played uh, 14 seasons with the NFL. He played the college level at University of Miami. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears in 2007. First round draft pick. Listening to him and watching him, he gets very detail-oriented, very in-depth. 
And I was watching the game yesterday and listening to him, watching him, I was like, I actually understood what he was saying or what he was trying to say. Yeah. Rather than some other people, I'm like, um, I just hear words coming out of your mouth. Right. So I find him interesting in a good way that I can grasp his concept and he gets very passionate about it. And that's what I like about that. Yeah. So uh, my number four pick is Greg Olson. Now, I gotta ask is, is Tony Romo anywhere on your list? No. Okay. He's not on mine either because... And I, and I was going back and forth between that, but... Listening between Tony Romo and Greg Olson, again, Greg Olson just has a a hookier voice. Like, it just... I know what you're grab, saying. You know, it just grabs you and... He's a little bit... His voice is a little bit more in the commentator mold, I feel like. Yeah. In addition to being a former player. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Tony Romo... No, again, nothing against Tony Romo or his commentating. I just feel like he talks through it rather than expressing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, because Tony Romo was like the golden boy Mm -hmm. for a minute there. And then he signed a big fat contract to stay with CBS. Mm. And to be honest, I've never, like I was like, he's fine, but I've never been really fond of him. No, like he he was just like, oh, that's fine. You know, just another guy. I really have liked Greg Olson since I've started listening to him. There is one day where he, I was like, he just said the same thing again. But that I think that was when he first started, and then obviously as time... As he's gotten more comfortable. Yeah. So, but anyways... So and that's kind of the nice thing, because I, I had thought to myself, again, you know, I talk about the social media, I thought, I I think I like Greg Olson more than most other commentators. Yeah. And then I've kind of listened to like the other podcasts I listen to, and they have some Greg Olson pop too. Okay. And it's almost like, oh, okay, validation. I was, yeah. I was right. Greg Olson is really good, and so yeah. I agree with you. That's it. Okay. It is a little recency bias, but guys who played the game, especially who had played the game recently, mm-hmm. have a really good understanding of the game, and I really do like how. Yeah. Greg Olson, like you said, explains it in a way that you can understand. Yeah. Um, my number four is not really a commentator per se. He's not really uh, like on a broadcast during a game, mm-hmm. but he's very involved in sports, and that's Chris Berman. Okay. Chris Berman, first of all, is the is the king of catchphrases. It's a fumble, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Yeah. Whoop! You know. Yeah. All Chris Berman. <laughs> he's got the greatest, the greatest nicknames of all time. I remember there was a. Uh, player for the Panthers name was Mike Dinner so or Mike Minter, excuse me. So we called him Mike After Dinner Minter. Okay. Yep. I get that. Yeah. So he's he's got a ton of them. I could pull up a list and go through them, but I'll spare you the details. Uh he has started at ESPN in nineteen seventy nine. Wow. A month after its inception. And he's been there ever since. Uh he's hosted their Sunday NFL countdown. He's hosted the NFL draft coverage. Yeah. Um, he's done, you know, U.S. Open recaps. He has done Sunday Night Football. He's done Baseball Tonight. Um, he's even done a few. He has done some play-by-play on MLB games. Um, he's done some play-by-play on home run derbies. Hmm. You know. Back, 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 back. So. Yeah. 
Legendary. Yeah. Um, he's done some things with when ESPN has done NHL coverage. He's the anchor of that. Um, I also learned he's the Pro, Ho- Fro- bleh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame's uh, Master of Ceremonies. Oh. And he's done that every year since 1999. Okay. I did not know that. So he's been involved in sports my whole life. Um, he is, he's one of those people that I just associate with growing up in sports when there's the, there's the certain like, that music, that's Chris Berman, that's Sunday NFL countdown, that's the recap, that's, you've seen, I even, I'll get nostalgic during the off season mm-hmm. and you've seen, I'll pull up on YouTube old Sunday NFL countdowns yeah. with him and I'll put them on and just watch him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of fun. He doesn't take things too seriously. Yeah. And I... I mean, it it works, and that's what you need in a commentator, and that's what, again, makes it interesting, makes you... Especially because you enjoy these, you enjoy these sports commentators who talk about the, you know, do the play-by-play, mm-hmm. do the color during the game. The fact of the matter is you can't watch every game. No. So if you have somebody like Chris Berman, who's really entertaining... When it comes to recapping games and watching highlights. It's like you were there. Yeah. Or at least like you were watching it. Exactly. So that was my number four. Okay. Do you want to go with your number three? You want me to go back to back? Yeah. Go back to back. Okay. Um, My number three is Kevin Harlan. Okay. Uh, Kevin Harlan does uh, play-by-play for the NBA, uh, the NFL, um, and the NCAA. Um, He's... On the radio a lot, on Westwood One, um, he has called uh, eleven consecutive Super Bowls for them. Um, he's been voted um, in two thousand seventeen and two thousand nineteen. He was voted the National Sportscaster of the Year, Sportscaster of the Year um, by his peers. Uh, yeah, so he's broadcast eleven Super Bowls, five Final Fours. So you know he does basketball, he does football, and. The I think the really the really impressive thing about him is I actually know him more for radio, mm-hmm. and it's one thing to be a play-by-play announcer uh, for an event that's on TV. Yeah, people can see what's happening, but to be a commentator on the radio and you have to paint a picture. Yeah, for people it's to see different. It it's more. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Not challenging. But you really have to exactly paint the picture, be more in depth, so that way people know what's going on. Yeah, he's got some. He's he's also the uh, on the NBA two K, which is still around. Okay. He's the commentator. The, the for commentator that. on the video game for that. Um, <laughs> he's got some great calls. In fact, I love. There's a there's one there's two instances I want to. Talk about where there's one where there's a cat on the field of a Giants game, and he commentates the cat being on the field. Rather than the game? Well, the game's like on pause, so he's like, you know, he's like, the cat is in the red zone. The cat's going to the goal line. <laughs> the cat is in. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It just made it. I, the way I just did it makes it sound super terrible. No. But, but it was actually, it's really funny. But the way that he did it. I guess my advice is, go on YouTube, look up Kevin Harlan, and then the... And the other thing he does is he makes a call about a a fan running on the field. And he's like, he's on the field. The guy is drunk. <laughs> I don't know. He's just, and he's got such a great voice, so. I mean, it works. Yeah. You have, again, you have to do what you have to do. Right. So. Uh, 
my number three, I'm again, I'm sticking with the players. I'm sticking with the entertainment. I'm going with Shaq. Shaq? Shaq. Alright. So how it started with him was that he was just messing around and he called out esports saying that they weren't sports and that they weren't doing good and or making it being a good broadcast pretty much. And so then they took it as a friendly challenge and so then they brought him on and other than that the rest is... History, but I mean, again, we talked about. Wait, so he does commentating for esports? Uh, for the basketball, he's with um. Oh dang it! You mean like the people who actually play like video game basketball? Like he? No, he doesn't do that. I mean, he works with them, but he doesn't do their commentating. I'm saying e like with ESPN Sports and the basketball. Oh well, he does uh, uh TNT. Yeah, but. Watching him. <laughs> Did I say esports? You said esports, so I, I was like, what? Because you know, yeah. esports is the video games. I know. I, I don't know. And, and, and I believed it because Shaq does everything. Shaq so. does do everything. But again, we I mean, we talked about him as a person. He's great. And again, just he's entertaining. He really is. So. That that whole crew, really. I mean, you know, is, Ernie, Shaq, Kenny, and, and Charles. Is is great, but he, he he brings it out in them. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I mean it's funny too. There's a the one clip that just comes to mind is somebody's interviewing him, and he and uh, or they're interviewing him, and it's Kenny, it's Kenny the Jet Smith uh-huh. is one of the guys, and he's this is when Shaq is still a player, and he goes Shaq Kenny Smith here, and they then Shaq just goes who, because <laughs> he's trying to be insulting, and it's just funny because he. You know, was so it shacks. Yeah, yeah, and now they work together, and that's just kind of that's the power of Shack. Yeah, like it's he can just, just goof around and say things like that, and people still work with him. And, yeah, it's just you know, yeah. again, it's entertaining for me. So yeah, and like and like we've said before, he's a smart guy. So yeah, he's very smart. So he does break down the game in a way, and he's a played the game obviously. So at the highest level. Yeah. So. When he talks, you listen, and then you're like, oh, okay. I like the way Shaq explained that, because it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah, Shaq is great. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, My second pick, sorry, I'm going to go back to back. Oh, your friend. Is Michael Irvin. So he played wide receiver at the University of Miami. He was a first-round draft pick as well in 1988 by the Cowboys. He started with the NFL Network in 2009 after playing the 12 years, um... With the Cowboys that he spent all 12 years with. But he left due to spinal cord injury. But, again, professional, you know, commentating. I, um, That's just, I guess, something I look for. Not for, but is more enlightening in a way. I don't know. That's just me, though. The thing I like about Michael Irvin, too, and it's, it's nice that you brought him up, is he's played the game and he's played it at the highest level and he's got a lot of confidence so he's not afraid to tell it like it is yeah and kind of call people out which is nice because i and i get it it would be hard for me as somebody who's never played the game to call an athlete out and say you're not doing this you're not doing that but he doesn't have to worry about that cause no he's played it he knows he knows and he like he's got a lot of confidence so yeah so his takes are a lot of fun to listen to. I, I agree. Yeah. Okay, go ahead with your number two. 
All right, so my number two is Al Michaels. Okay. And Al Michaels has called just about everything. He's done the Olympics. He has done... He is... Um, done boxing he's done golf he's done he's done it all he's got a star in the hollywood walk of fame Mm. um he's in the television academy hall of fame he has won five emmys he's been a three-time national sportscaster of the year um he, he his you know his resume is unparalleled obviously um my favorite thing of his is calling the 1980 Olympic hockey game where the USA beat the Soviet Union. Oh. You know, in his famous call, Do You Believe in Miracles? Um, as of now, he's mainly on Sunday night football. Um, he, he actually used to call games with John Madden. Um, he's called Super Bowls. I, I, it's just... The list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. I didn't realize you could... I mean, for as big as he is, but I still didn't think, or I didn't realize, I should say... You could get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for, you know, commentating. I don't know. I don't know what the criteria is, but he is he is a rock star in that realm. I'm yeah. So it, I think it's definitely well deserved. Um, his again, we've addressed it over and over, but he's one of those voices that when I think of big sports moments, that's who you think. He's of. one of the voices I I think of. So, Al Michaels. Uh, number two. Okay. Do you want me to go for my number one? Yes, please. Okay. So, my number one is Dick Vitale. Dickie V. We did a Fab Five to honor John Madden. You I didn't know. even put him on I... your Fab Five. The, the reason is, is he's, you know, he has a great legacy and everything. But with me, I don't remember, honestly, I don't truly remember watching a game, listening, you know. Yeah. Anyways, but so Dickie V, the basketball sportscaster, he was, and the reason why he's number one for me is because he broadcasted for 41 years after being a former coach in college and professional. Uh, he received the Lifetime Achievement Award, which again is huge. He was, he coached between 1963 and 1979. He joined ESPN during the 1979-1980 season. He just recently stepped away from broadcasting as he unfortunately has come to his second round of uh, cancer. So, um, you know, but 41 years of broadcasting is still pretty huge, you know. Oh, absolutely. whole lifetime, in a sense. I guess to be fair... What these people are to certain sports, like what what John Madden is to football, Dick Dick Vitale is to college basketball. Yeah, he is everybody who's anybody wants Dick Vitale on on their calls. Yeah, because they know that if he's if he's calling it, it's going to be a huge game. Yeah, so I'm guessing you're number one. My number one is John Madden. Yeah. Now, um, the thing about this one is. It is a little like, oh, he's your number one commentator, really, after oh, he just passed away. It's kind of like, that's a cutesy little thing. But uh, in all honesty, when when I was a young kid and I was growing up, some of the my favorite memories, and it's just the little memories, uh, when I was really starting to get into football, when I was really learning about the game, when I just started playing, 
uh, John Madden was on Monday Night Football. And he's the one person that I really remember watching and listening, uh, comment, commentating on the games. Um, he did Monday Night Football from uh, 2002 through 2005 with Al Michaels. And then I do kind of remember him calling games before that on Fox. Yeah. Um, that was 94 to 2000, and that was with Pat Summerall. Okay. Pat Summerall didn't make either of our lists, but him and John Madden, I think, were the ultimate team. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, there's almost three different generations who know John Madden for something different. I feel like there's the even younger generation than mine mm-hmm. who know him strictly as the, they, video. the video games. They know yeah. the name Madden from the Madden franchise. And honestly, some of them might not even know that Madden is actually... A person or yeah. a coach. Or... Right. Um, the age group more around ours, I think, would recognize him as an announcer. Mm-hmm. But his first mark upon football was actually as a head coach. Yeah. He... Coached the Raiders. He won a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Um, he had a hundred. His regular season record was one hundred and three, thirty-two and seven, a seven fifty winning percentage. And I think as far as winning percentages go, with coaches who've coached at least a hundred games, nobody's even close to that. So that might be a, something that he's never touched. He was nine and seven in the postseason, so above five hundred. So for his career, including the postseason, he's one twelve. 39 and 7 for a total of a 731 winning percentage. Hmm. Um, really is an absolute legend. He, what I've heard people talk about is he has kind of, he kind of set the bar for all color commentators today. Um, yeah. I even heard somebody say a no knock against Uncle Rich's list and Howard Cosell. But when John Madden gave up coaching and he was kind of burned out on it, when he they finally convinced him to come to the booth, he said, I don't want to call a game the way. Howard Cosell does. I want people to understand what's happening in the game. And so that's why he does it. Yeah. And that's kind of molded how color commentators are today. The coming, the the Greg Olsons that we really mm-hmm. enjoy, Tony Romo's, um, even, you know, Chris Collinsworth, Troy Aikman, all these all these color analysts all kind of are followed in his footsteps. Yeah, are the way called the games the way the way they do because of John Madden, the yeah. way he would break down and explain a game, so yeah. That's why John Madden is my number one. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And that was this week's Fab Five. So you want to guess on trivia? The again the tri- the, the sorry the question was, what year was Jackie Robinson's final MLB season with the Brooklyn Dodgers? Something in my head wants to tell me 1958. It is 1956. No! In 1956, he was traded to the New York Giants. Oh, this... But never played a game for them and ended up retiring on January 5th, 1957. (laughs) (laughs) You were so close. So close. Ask me another question about the Browns. (laughs) So that's why I couldn't say when you're like, well, what a, was it another team? Or I was like, I can't say. Well, you could have said. I couldn't have said because I gave it away. You could have said technically yes because he was traded to another team but never played for them. It almost seems like the 
what is it, Gronkowski thing where he was traded and then he was like, oh, I retire. And then <laughs> the only because he didn't want to go to, what, the Lions? Yeah, was which, it? <laughs> which if, you, if you're playing for the Patriots, there's no way you want to go to the Lions. No. I'd play for the Lions, but that's because I don't play in the NFL. Yeah. I'm sure if that was, like, in your arena, you're like, nah, I'll just retire. You're like, I'm good. And then come out of retirement. <laughs> Anyways, so close, honey. Yeah. So maybe that's... next week. If anybody wants to send in their question, <laughs> send it in. At the Four Seasons Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. At the Four Seasons Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. At the Four Seasons Pod C. And Facebook at the Four Thank Seasons you. Podcast. Uh, I'm still trying to get better at content. I'm getting there. I promise. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll, uh,. Let's get on to our final segment, shall we? Let's do it. Alright, so we are going to end this episode like we end every episode. Talk about what we're looking forward to. And to say, this might be one of our most analytical episodes ever mm-hmm. there haven't been a whole lot of laughs no so i'm sorry no it's not your fault i mean we got in- no i'm apologizing to the viewers oh, i'm not okay, apo- okay. Or the listeners i'm not apologizing thanks not apologizing to me you were a part of it we got in depth we, we, had a very we really good, did i mean we talked about commentators we this were, is a huge we turnaround were- from last week where i was getting in trouble for talking about poop <laughs> We were commentating on the commentators, and it got very in-depth. Which, honestly, the only thing more boring than commentating might be commentating on the commentating. But I thought it was still pretty good. It was productive. It was productive. It was professional as hell. (laughs) It was. Just maybe not the most exciting. No. But you know what? They can't all be... Wow, what a terrible thing to say about. (laughs) And please listen to our podcast. Remember that they all can't be winners. (laughs) No, I mean, some are more hearted, lighthearted, some are more heavy-hearted, and this one just kind of fell in between. Yeah. And when you try to be lighthearted, you get in trouble and side-eyed by your wife just because you're talking about poop too much. But what are you looking forward to, honey, this week? I'm looking forward to next week and being able to talk about poop more. Okay. Um, you know, this is a very slow time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on. It's cold. It's very cold. It is so cold. I think this is going to be a good time to focus on those inside things that I wanted to start working on. And try to start reading more. Mm-hmm. Try to start writing a little bit. Okay. So I'm kind of looking forward to being productive as I, as I can be. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully I can make that happen. Right. Um, it's it, funny because I was going to say reading, too. I was like, I haven't picked up a book in a few weeks. No, there's to... there's so many books that I bought last year that I didn't read. I think this year I'm going to, I don't know, maybe just to make myself feel better, make myself feel accomplished. I'm going to start uh, like a little like journal and write down every book that I read. 
That's a good idea. Is that going to be one of your resolutions, would you per se? Sure, why not? Is reading one? Yeah. I'm also like, I don't know. I, I want to hear if anybody out there has lis- has read the Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children book series. Okay. Let me know because I'm going to be honest, that one has been on my mind since since we got those Amazon gift cards for Christmas. <laughs> And we haven't used them. We bought boring things like, like reasonable stuff, like side tables and well, stuff we needed. We bought a nightlight. It's a pretty cool nightlight. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm not gonna lie. It's a northern light, white noise nightlight. It makes the, <laughs> it makes the sound of the whales. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I like that imitation. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> Go to bed. I don't know if it has the sound of the whales. Are you sleepy? But the Northern Lights has been one of my bucket lists, so if I can at least... Leave. I was able to tackle one of Rachel's bucket list items for less than $30. <laughs> so, hey, it works. Or well, hopefully. we don't know that yet. Yeah, hopefully it works. Hopefully it works. But that's what I'm looking forward to this week. You're looking forward to sleeping under the Northern Lights? Yep. And a comfy new blanket. Oh, that's right. I I was a gallant husband and I said, just buy the... I just bought the blanket. <laughs> Even though I have plenty of blankets that he doesn't want me to have. Yeah. That's a different... That's... Oh, I'm going to cuddle up with a blank, the blanket and a book... And fall asleep under the stars. That sounds perfect. If I'm not paying attention to where I'm walking around the house, I could literally be crushed by an avalanche of blankets. <laughs> and it would be the comfiest way to die. Exactly. See? You can never have too many blankets. Especially well, this now time. This... If, if they collapse on me and kill me, I think that would be the number uh, of blankets that is too many. But now, with the weather that it is, it... see? Now the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> That's why I have so many blankets to keep us warm. Anyways, but countdown's on too. I have sixteen days left in my twenties. Yes. Flecks of silver that are in my hairline. There's the silver lining. It all happens to the best of us. So. And me. <laughs> Anyways, well. I think that was a good episode. Yeah. Little, uh, little straight-laced. Yeah, that's which, okay. Which really isn't our style, but I think it'll work out. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who made it all the way through and listened to the, uh, to this point. Yeah. You made it an hour. You did. Congratulations. Maybe you had a really long drive. Maybe you've had, maybe you've broken it up over a few days. Which is okay. Whatever the case is, we appreciate it. Yep. Don't forget to subscribe so that way you are in the loop of when we are releasing, which is now going to be on Wednesdays. And don't forget to like and follow us on social media. Again, we're going to start announcing our Fat Five, so if anyone wants to be our Fat Five guest, just email us at the four seasons pod at gmail.com, title it Dibs, and then I will get back to you with our topic. And I believe that's about it. All right. From the Four Seasons Podcast, I'm Mike Oliver. And I'm Rachel Oliver. Enjoy the rest of your days.